Welcome to the Walder Sportscast with your host, Chris Walder. Welcome everyone to episode 25, the Milt Wagner of the Walder Sportscast. I'm your host, Chris Walder, and go give me a follow on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports. And of course, if you like what you hear today, please leave a rating and review because it helps out the podcast a great deal. So like I said, this is the 25th episode of the Walder Sportscast, or the 25th upload anyway. (laughs) So I just want to give a quick thank you to anyone still coming along on this journey with me. It's been a lot of fun doing this show and talking with so many fantastic guests. And today will be certainly no exception, because joining me on today's show will be Esfandiar Barahini, who is picking up quite a following for himself on Twitter as of late. He just landed a position as an NBA content creator at The Score in downtown Toronto. He's done work and video content for Raptors Republic and Def Pen, and he was also with 680 News for a cup of coffee as well. I'm not sure if he's still there because of this new position at The Score, but nonetheless, This guy is making waves, and I'm happy to have him on today. And we'll be chatting it up about the latest ESPN NBA Rank 100 list, counting down the top 100 players in the association today, which should be a lot of fun. But before I bring S on, I'm here to give you a friendly reminder to check out my last episode if you haven't had the chance to already do so, when I talked with MMA Fighting's Alexander K. Lee for a rare wrestling-centric episode. We chatted about AEW and the current storylines going on with that promotion, including Kenny Omega becoming the world champion recently, along with Sting's return to wrestling, the working relationship with Impact Wrestling, and we even sprinkled in some NBA talk in case the wrestling turned anyone off. So go give that a listen when you can, and go follow Alex on Twitter, at Alexander K. Lee. With all that being said though, Esfandiar will be with me after this quick break, So keep it locked. Joining me now is Esfandiar Barahini, an NBA content creator for The Score in downtown Toronto who's done work for Raptors Republic, TSN, and Def Pen in the past as well. Esfandiar, thanks for joining me today, buddy. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. And, and I'm sure you can hear the, the dog barking in the background. I'll, I'll have to apologize for that throughout the entire episode. He's just extremely excited right now. So uh, yeah, I, I, I apologize. But yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm happy to join. Thank you for asking me on the podcast. One day I'll have him on as a special guest. You know, people love dogs, people love puppies, and uh, Frederico, we'll talk about him later in the podcast for sure. <laughs> but uh, as first off, I just want to congratulate you on getting that job at the score. You know, you announced it back in November that you landed the gig. So props to you, my friend. But I know you've done a lot of video in the past, a lot of stuff on YouTube and Instagram. So can we expect similar content on a grander scale now? Do you have anything planned for us at the score? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, no, thank you, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited to, to kind of get started. I, I just had my first week and it was it was really good. But uh, I'm kind of still getting into the full swing of things. And, you know, I would definitely expect to see a lot from me on potentially their YouTube channel and maybe some of their social media stuff. So, uh, yeah, you can you can definitely expect to see me hopefully on a grander scale. I hope that's that's what's going to happen. Um, 
but 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 it's gonna be great, man. It's gonna be great. It is pretty much in the same vein of stuff that I was doing before in terms of YouTube content and doing video content, and um, it it should be fun, man. Do you have kind of free reign to do as you please on YouTube? Like, do they trust you to kind of like express yourself, use your own ideas, or is it kind I, of like a collaborative effort at this point? I mean, it's always a collaborative effort. Even like when I was with the Raptors Republic or, or Death Pen, it's always like going back and forth to figure out what idea is the best. But um, I, no, I, I think they give a, a good amount of, of freedom. You know, it's kind of like a balance. You know, that that Thanos meme where he's balancing the thing on his on his finger and he's like, life is a balance. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of like that. He, it, you just got to be able to balance, you know, the, the work lifestyle with also trying to get your creativity and creative juices out there. So uh it, it, it's a bit of a balance but it's off to a really good start well i think it's a great place for you to be as you know the score is you know a, such a, a strong company to be for to get your hands dirty in sports media so i wish you all the best there man but we're not talking about your job today my friend i brought you on for a very specific reason and that's to help me run down some of the big talking points from espn's latest rankings of the 100 best players in the nba today and you know controversy always arises from these kinds of lists every single season and you know of course espn gets a lot of traction so their rankings are held in much higher regard but first off as and let me just preface this by saying that i'm aware of the irony in us doing a podcast on this but you know, do, do you think we as fans look too much into rankings of this nature? Because at the end of the day, it's just the opinions of maybe a, a handful of people that assemble these kinds of things. Yeah, I think rankings in general, I mean, like you said, they're just to create some kind of attention and, and get the topic, the discussion going. But I think uh, how far people take it and how seriously they take it is kind of up to them. I mean, even when I see these rankings now, because we've gotten used to it over the past couple of years. So when you hear like, DeMar DeRozan was ranked 82nd or whatever he was ranked. Then, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of get used to it because you're used <laughs> to the fact that this is this has happened before. We've been there, done that. And these rankings are kind of used to, uh, I guess, engage with an audience. So I, I would say it's 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 expected. But at the same time, the whole ranking system is just something that we're never going to get away from, from in sports. It's just some of the most popular things to do is to rank. You know, we have power rankings. We have team rankings. We have off-season grades. We have uh, mock drafts. We have draft boards. Everything in sports has to do with rankings. And that's just kind of the the, the what's the deal of the trade, whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, so you, you got to just take it as it is. Take it on the chin and just expect this stuff to happen. And um, just don't take it seriously. We should probably just take that mindset, bottle it up, and send it to certain players around the association. And, and one of those players who you just mentioned being DeMar DeRozan, you know, a former Raptor we still hold near and dear to our hearts Now with the San Antonio Spurs, of course, and he was clearly upset over his ranking in 82nd overall in the league and had a nice shiny turd emoji ready for ESPN's Twitter account (laughs) to express himself online. But, you know, DeMar went from 39th to 48th to 82nd, so clearly on a trajectory in ESPN's point of view, on, on a downward slope. And the blurb in the piece basically acknowledged that DeRozan's numbers were essentially the same as the year prior. So, you know, talk to me as why is DeRozan being undervalued to such a degree here? Because the numbers are still there. I I think a lot of it has to do with the defensive side of things. And not to mention, you know, in San Antonio, he doesn't necessarily get the national TV spotlight that he would have with the, the Raptors. I know it's crazy to say because the Raptors always complain about not getting enough national TV games. But trust me, they get a little bit more than the Spurs. 
Um, it, the, the thing with, with, with San Antonio and DeMar is that he's really found himself into the playmaking role for the Spurs. And that has been extremely efficient. Like his past three seasons, he's been able to average, I believe, over five assists. He's, he's shooting at an efficient clip. So he can still contribute to a good team. I think the question is, can he still be the number one guy on a championship team? Was he ever, to be honest? Yeah. And, and, and the answer to that is probably no. And I think that's why his ranking has slid down and down is because um, initially he was ranked extremely high. You know, he was ranked as one of the best players in the NBA, made, made a bunch of all-star games as well. And I think as people realize the defensive lapses that he's had over his career, they've started to rank him lower and lower. And I think that's what's happening to it right now. Which is kind of discrediting what else what else he can do on the basketball court, especially offensively. He can he can be your third or fourth guy on a championship team. It's just that he won't be able to do be your number one. Um, I also think skill wise, he's he's still incredibly skilled. He's one of the best. Uh, he's one of the most skilled offensive talents in the NBA. So to rank him eighty second, like he's he's behind guys like Montrez Harrell and, and yeah, you you look at this and you're like Montrez Harrell, like Montrez Harrell is is a good player, but if you want to talk about defensive lapses, how about Montrez Harrell's defensive lapses and why he's, you know? So, I don't know. I, I think a lot of it has to do with with the recognition from uh, NBA fans in general that DeMar has has never been that good of a defender. And that's probably why he keeps going down and down on these lists. Do you think that if DeRozan were on any other noteworthy team, and I'm not even suggesting that he has to be a Laker or a Celtic or whatever, but if you slot DeMar on any relevant franchise, because the Spurs are falling and they're falling fast, of course, is his ranking this low? Because I don't see that being the case. No, oh, he he, he definitely doesn't, doesn't deserve to be the 82nd best player. You can make an argument for him being top 50, to be honest with you. Um but I, I would say that probably has a lot to do with him being in San Antonio. Um, you know, if you look back on these lists, uh, and I wouldn't be able to quote exactly when and where the, the Spurs players were, but the guys like Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, even Tim Duncan to a certain extent, were highly underrated on these lists whenever they came out. You'd always yeah. be like, how is Tony Parker like 80th? And and it's because, you know, <laughs> the, the national spotlight isn't necessarily on him, right? Um, if If... DeMar was a Laker, if he was a Clipper, if he was a Miami Heat, uh, yes, this would be a different story. I think he would be ranked a lot higher. Kind of coinciding with DeMar's poor ranking here was seeing some of the players that were ranked ahead of him, of course, and the one name that sticks out, who was 23 spots ahead of him, was Tyler Hero. And shout out to my former score colleague, Will Seguir, who I, I asked him about this, and he couldn't even justify uh, Tyler Hero being this high. And he's a Miami Heat stand, so that kind of paints the picture for you right there. But, you know, Hero, he was ahead of guys like, I'm looking up, John Wall, Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. And the blurb credited Hero's fearless nature and the swagger and his desire to take big shots. And, of course, he had that big Game 4 against Boston in the playoffs when he had 37 points. And he also had 21 in the game against the Lakers in the NBA Finals, the grandest stage. But this feels way too high for him, right? It's It's projecting. It's projecting him to see. This is what I hate. We what we do with young players in general is that we see something, we see even a glimpse of something, and then we project immediately what he's going to be in the future, as if there will be no complications whatsoever in terms of him developing his skill. Like we, yeah. we, we tend to forget that 
as a basketball player, it takes time to, to develop these skills. It can't just be like, oh, he's got an offseason to do it. He can do it. Don't worry about it, right? We talk about OG and Anobi a lot, Raptors fans. We talk about OG and, and what he can improve on and develop. And, you know, it's been a while. It's been now four seasons for him to get some kind of offensive mojo. It's impressive. But at the same time, for us to expect that of him is is kind of crazy. When you when you talk about Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero is is a good player. Let's let's not get that twisted. He's a good player. He has the potential to be a great player. And I think mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people are projecting him to be 50th. Is that an outlandish take? Absolutely. It is an absolutely outlandish take. You shouldn't be able to rank him 50th. Uh, I'm seeing OG's ranking right now, which is 68th. And I would probably take OG over Tyler Hero this season if I had the choice. So yeah. I'll just I'll say that right now. Tyler Hero is good. You know, a lot of people I know a lot of Heat fans would be like, "Oh, he's the next Devin Booker. He's the next this." And you know, pump the brakes. Let's pump the brakes. Let's see what he is in his next season and and see what he develops into. But I think a lot of this list is just him projecting, or or whoever's writing this list is is projecting into what they potentially think that player is going to be. Is there a player in the league right now that he kind of reminds you of in a sense? I know you're bringing up names like Devin Booker, and of course, best case scenario, he kind of eventually gets to that point. But like for right now, based on the one season that he's had and the NBA Finals appearance that he had and, and what he accomplished in the postseason, who do you think is kind of his best comparison? And it doesn't even have to be anyone in the league right now. Maybe someone from the past that kind of gives you that hero vibe. Mm, I, I think uh, Matt Thomas. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Tyler Hero is, is an interesting case because he's he's uh, he's a really good scorer. He knows how to pick his spots in terms of being the, uh, an efficient scorer as well. Uh, he's trigger happy, like like you said in the kind of blog about him. He loves to take those big shots, and he's not afraid to take those big shots as a young guy. To do a player comp, and, and, and it's tough to make one, I think Booker does make the most sense. Although Booker is extremely talented, he he head over heels way better than than Tyler Hero is currently, yeah. um, and and probably better than what Tyler Hero was at his age, right? I think Devin Booker at twenty was was dropping sixty points on the Celtics. So I <laughs> I, I don't think it's it's I, I just I don't like the whole comparison thing. It's t- it's tough to compare a guy through generations and through players. If I had to pick one, it would probably be Devin Booker. But again, that's just a uh, that's that's a little bit outlandish, even for me to say. So he's not Larry Bird at this point. <laughs> I don't think so, but I, I think we're 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 depending, you know, depending on what happens, he could take a step into the Magic Johnson trajectory. But oh uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, I list I listed some of the players that were well behind him on that list. You know, I mentioned Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, John Wall, and there was also guys like Buddy Heald and John Collins as well. Which player sitting behind Tyler Hero on that list do you think has the biggest beef? Like biggest beef as in like he deserves to be ahead of Tyler Hero? Oh yeah, absolutely. Or even much higher on the list because those are some pretty prominent names. Yeah, I, I would probably put John Collins. I think if we're projecting here, John Collins is expected to have a pretty big season for, for the Hawks. Uh, he He is an offensive talent. He's like a really, really good player. And a lot of people don't notice that because we didn't really watch a lot of Hawks games last season. Um, I think he has the potential to be, I, I mean, I know he wants to be a max guy. I don't think he's a max guy right now, but I think he has the potential to do that later in his career. Um, he obviously has to become a better defender and he's, he's not that yet, but to say that him and Tyler Hero are 30 spots different 
is is pretty crazy. If you're going to go ahead and put John Collins at 84, you should probably put Tyler Hero somewhere in that range. And if you're going to be putting Tyler Hero in the 50 range, you should probably put John Collins in the 50 range as well. Like, hey, in my fantasy league yesterday, I saw John Collins get drafted 20th. And I'm like, wow, that is, that's a lot. He, get, he gets you numbers, but the second round is, is a crazy thing to do for John Collins. So I don't know. It just hit me that fantasy basketball is back. Mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. no wonder I'm getting these emails from Yahoo Sports Canada. It's like, do you want to <laughs> renew your league with everything? And I'm like, oh my god, that's, that's like the season is actually starting very quick, like soon. Like it's just yeah. around the corner. I got to get on that, man. Maybe uh, John Collins will be a nice sleeper pick for uh, Walder Mania, which is like a recurring name for my fantasy basketball team. But uh, you know, speaking of guys that we may have crowned too soon, of course, like Tyler Hero. You know, I, and I feel like we'll get to this point with him sooner or later, but Zion Williamson, S, ranked 19th overall ahead of the likes of Jamal Murray. You know, I'm seeing Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, Paul George, and Zion only played 24 games last year. And he was awesome during that stretch, don't get me wrong, but it was a 24-game stretch. And if he's healthy, sure, he probably justifies this rank, but... This ranking feels more like where he could be instead of where he is right now, kind of like Tyler Hero. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And it, it goes back to what you said, Chris. It's if you're healthy. Um, you know, if Zion had a full season on him last season, I, I do think he'd be ranked somewhere in this area, maybe not 19th, but I think he would probably be in that range. Uh, he's a tremendous player. He's From what we've seen in the 24 games, and I think, like, a lot of the exaggerations that we see, like, oh, Zion is going to be this, Zion is going to be that, they're somewhat warranted. I don't want to go ahead and say, you know, he's going to be the next LeBron James or whatever, but I think the hype around him is warranted in the sense that he's an extremely good player. He's extraordinary in what he can do in the basketball court. It's just about if he can stay healthy. Now, if he stays healthy, I would agree he's probably in the top 30 players in the NBA already because he's just that good. His offensive awareness, his physicality, what he can do in terms of soft touch around the rim. Uh, you know, people complain about his defense, but that's an aspect that I think he can develop and grow into, especially off ball. I, I think with Zion, though, it is projecting just like Tyler Hero, and it's projecting me, it, projecting him extremely high. Like this is this is to say he's going to be one of the top 20 players in the NBA. And I, I remember I was listening to a podcast a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. If you're ranking someone in the top 30, that means that they are essentially one of the 30 best players in the NBA, which means if they were to be slotted into whatever team, they would be the best player on that team. Can you say that about Zion Williamson right now? Most likely not. You, you probably can't. But maybe after a full season, we say, hey, he is the future of this league. He is the franchise. He's he is a franchise guy, no doubt. And, and maybe we see that this season, but it kind of goes back to what you said, Chris, if he is healthy. That's all it's going to take. Well, how do you foresee his 2020-2021 campaign playing out? Like, what's the best and and worst case scenario for this kid? Because, of course, it's a new look Pelicans team. We see Brandon Ingram coming off his career campaign. You still have Lonzo Ball running the point, and you bring aboard Eric Bledsoe, Stephen Adams. There's real expectations for not just New Orleans, but Zion himself to take very big strides here. Yeah. Yeah. Worst case scenario, he's he's derailed by injuries once again, plays, you know, somewhere around 30, 40 games and uh, maybe even less, actually, and doesn't have a great season. And people start to speculate as to if he can ever be healthy in this league. The best case scenario is that he comes out and he makes the Pelicans into a formidable playoff team, potentially pushing them into being a play in team in that 
an extremely difficult Western Conference. Um, I, I think both are possible, but I'm, I'll, I'll be willing to wager my bet and go into the middle. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be a good player. I think he's going to have his inconsistencies. I think a lot of the defensive lapses that weren't really showcased in the 24 games that he played will be extremely apparent in the 72 games that he's about to play. Um, I think we'll be able to notice quickly that he has a lot of work to do on the defensive end. I think offensively, he's going to be an extraordinary talent. We'll see highlight reels. You know, I'm, sh- I'm sure even even the people who made this list will, <laughs> will be dropping a lot of videos of Zion Williamson doing highlights. I, I think it's inevitable that he is going to be a good player. Again, it just all comes back to if this guy can stay healthy. And to, to his credit, I saw a picture the other week, and he seemed really fit. He seemed like he was lean, but he's fooled us into that before with, with what he did before the bubble. He looked like mm-hmm. he was Thanos. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I would wager that it's somewhere in the middle between that. Well, we look at the top 10 S, you know, just moving on up the list here. And I'm just going to quickly run down the list in reverse order here for, for anyone who hasn't seen it. We have Nikola Jokic at number 10, James Harden 9, Stephen Curry 8, Damian Lillard at number 7, and then Kevin Durant at 6, Kawhi Leonard at 5, Luka Doncic at 4, the reigning two-time NBA MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo slash future Toronto Raptor at number three, and yes. the Lakers' dynamic duo of Anthony Davis and LeBron James at number two and one, respectively. Of the top ten S, would you make any major changes to that list? Any switches? You know, perhaps even at the top. The the one thing I'll say before we dive into the top ten is that um, Jimmy Butler should be in the top ten. I, I agree. I think what he did in the NBA Finals he and, and throughout that entire playoff race, to be honest with you, he proved that he was a top 10 player. A top 10 player should be able to lead a team into the playoffs and advance them a couple of rounds at the minimum, right? Jimmy Butler has proved that now multiple times with the Philadelphia 76ers and now with the Miami Heat. I just think he he deserves the respect and to rank jason tatum higher is kind of disrespectful in my opinion he literally just beat jason tatum in the playoffs so i have no it it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me i i think jimmy is probably a guy you slot into the top 10 but then when you look at the top 10 you don't know who you should take out for a guy like jimmy butler um and that's that's the whole argument The, the one thing i'll say is it's kind of disrespectful to put the mvp two time mvp third on this list that's right. kind of crazy and i appreciate you referencing him in the proper manner this is former or future <laughs> toronto raptor um i i think i think it's kind of crazy to put a two-time mvp actually the reigning mvp third on a list of players isn't that what the most valuable player technically is supposed to be He's supposed to be the best player in the nba um I, I i think that's a little bit crazy I also think it's kind of crazy to put Anthony Davis second. I love Anthony Davis. I think he's a tremendous player. I think that what he does is is phenomenal, and it's it's kind of like he's he's a unicorn onto himself just because of what he can do on a basketball court. But I think a lot of his growth last year was dependent on a guy like LeBron James. It's not like he was doing this. I mean, he was doing this in the Pel- with the Pelicans. It's just that he wasn't doing it to the degree, and obviously the, the spotlight isn't on him with the Los Angeles Lakers. So... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that those are crazy. I'll, I'll say another one. I think Damian Lillard being ahead of Steph Curry is also pretty outlandish. I think okay. Dam- Damian Lillard is a very good player. I think he he's extraordinary in what he can do on the basketball court. Probably one of the most clutch players in the NBA, if not the most clutch player in the NBA. 
Um, but I do think Steph is just the overall better player. I, I think, you know, even if you compare them defensively, they're both not great defenders, but I think Steph at least has that effort aspect that Damian Lillard does not have on the defensive end. Um, so I would probably rank Steph over Dame. Were there any outlandish ones for you in the top 10? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say with the top 10, especially when you have two guys that are injured, you know, coming mm -hmm. off of major injuries like Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant. Like, if Kevin Durant were healthy, he's probably number two or number three on this list. And Stephen Curry, the same goes for him as well. He probably enters the top five. You maybe move Luka Doncic down a couple of slots at that point. But there's a recency bias here. Like with Damian Lillard, for example, he had an incredible season and heading into the postseason. So yeah, you, you have that visual in your head over someone like Curry, who we know is a, a multiple-time MVP, but we just haven't seen him because he's been hurt. And I think if those guys are playing a full campaign like we hope to expect, this season, then those rankings are drastically different. But you, you bring up the point with Jimmy Butler, for example, that, you know, it, it's easy to say this guy deserves to be in the top 10. But at that point, who do you take out of the list? And, and maybe you make the case that Nikola Jokic, who is at number 10, kind of just barely squeaking his way onto the list. Maybe if you move him down to 11 or 12 at that point, it's not exactly the biggest drop. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I, I, I would say... The, the number one thing, the issue with this entire list is the recency bias that it involves. I mean, we have Jamal Murray ranked, I believe, 21st on this mm -hmm. list, which is, I love Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is one of my favorite players, but to rank him over a guy like Kyle Lowry or even a guy like Trey Young, who had a phenomenal year, I, that's kind of crazy to think of. So if they're going with the whole, this is a projection, we're expecting them to take these leaps, et cetera, et cetera, this next season, then fine. I'm willing to listen to the fact that Jamal Murray might be a better player than Trey Young and Kyle Lowry. But as of right now, I don't think that's the case. And then you can make the case for guys in the top 10 as well. You know, like Stephen Curry, if we're projecting him to be the sixth best player, or I believe Kevin Durant was the sixth best player. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it just depends on if you're doing this as a projection. And the recency bias is obvious. It's clear as day. This is... This has to do so much with the bubble. I believe I had TJ Warren. I think he was somewhere in the 50s. And to put, <laughs> to, put to, to put a guy like TJ Warren, TJ Warren's great, but to put a guy like TJ Warren ahead of DeMar DeRozan, it might be a little outlandish. So it's it, a lot of it has to do with recency bias. Do you think that if Giannis comes to Toronto, which we all, you know, at least here in Canada, are praying that he does do, do you think he takes a significant plunge himself? You know, maybe he, he comes to Toronto, he becomes less of a focal point around the league. Maybe he falls out of the top 10. You know, ESPN with their ulterior motives here. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know anything about ulterior motives, but I will say <laughs> that, you know, realistically, if Giannis were to come here as a Raptor, he'll have to deal with the fact that, I mean, we might be able to get a Christmas game. The Raptors might be able to get a Christmas game with Giannis on the roster. I think that's probably going to happen, but... I do think it'll be a kind of Spurs situation. A lot of players yeah. that go to the Spurs, they they, and everybody has mentioned this. Charles Barkley has made so much fun of this before, where it's like, you know, no one really notices any Spurs players because they're never on national television. And it's probably going to be the same thing if Giannis were to come to Toronto, in a sense, in, in a slighter sense, but. 
but not to the extent that it would be if, if Giannis was going to the Spurs, which is never going to happen, by the way. Giannis is only coming to the Toronto Raptors, but that's all i got to say about that. Sorry to break it to you, uh, Miami yeah. Heat fans or Dallas Maverick fans. Like It's just written in the stars at this point. He's coming yeah. to Toronto. He's the next superstar following Kawhi Leonard, and uh, another championship is on the horizon. Knock on wood, fingers crossed, all that good stuff. But Do you, do you not see the amount of red that he's wearing in these pictures? It's not for nothing. It's I love that. I, I love that Raptors Twitter over exaggerates when it comes to literally everything that this guy does on social media. <laughs> he can say a single word or phrase or whatnot or look in a certain direction, and we'll take it as he's coming to Toronto. He he released a I think it was like a solar energy commercial for Greece, and I yeah. was watching through it, and there was this scene where a deer walks by in the forest. He looks at it and then turns away. I'm like, ah, that's him declining the supermax. <laughs> I hope one day he's on Instagram live and you catch him watching Jurassic Park or something. <laughs> and it just happens to be on like TBS or whatever television network in the States. And it's it's just a mere coincidence. But then we'll look at it and we'll blow it completely out of proportion. <laughs> that's a, it's going to be it's that's going to happen for the next year. And I'm I mean, I have a friend who is a Bucks fan, a huge Bucks fan. And I apologize to him and everybody like him who's going to have to deal with. Uh, all the craziness for the next year because it seems like Giannis is going to be declining that Supermax. does sign the supermax at all you know maybe it'll put us out of our misery and we can move forward uh well we won't be holding on to that little thread here with Giannis, but who knows maybe it does come to fruition and uh we'll be the happiest fans in the world but you know speaking of, of raptors and and raptors that are currently on the roster not potentially on the roster moving forward we had four raptors make this top 100 list you know og Ananobi, fred van vliet kyle lowry and pascal siakam no big surprises i think but I think the most interesting ranking was Kyle Lowry, and I think that comes with everything that Kyle Lowry does. We always feel like he's being undervalued, and I recently posted a tweet highlighting his rankings over the years, and I noticed that he plummeted 18 spots after winning the NBA championship that year in 2019, and this year, he's at number 30 behind the likes of Trey Young, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum. Is that a fair or foul ranking? Well, I mean, if it was up to me, Kyle Lowry would be in the top five uh, in this oh, list. Of course. <laughs> but but uh, no, I, I think it is unfair to a certain extent. Like, again, they're, they're projecting with this list, so it's tough to assess. Maybe they're projecting Lowry to take a bit of a, a decline because he's entering his 34th. Um, 34th year, not 34th year in the NBA, but 34th year alive. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think Lowry is probably going to take a, a little bit of a step back. I don't think that's this year, though. I think he can still be a pretty damn good player this year. Um, and I would argue that right now, unless I'm in rebuilding mode and I'm trying to find a, a new contender, situationally, I think a lot of people would rather have Kyle Lowry over Trey Young. Like if you're the yeah. Los Angeles Clippers right now who need a point guard or the Milwaukee Bucks who would like a point guard or the Philadelphia 76ers, any contender right now could use a guy like Kyle Lowry. He, he's just, he does all the intangible things. I mean, we don't have to go on and on about him, but he's an incredible defender. He knows how to spot up and, and hit a shot. He's a good playmaker. Um, I just think he should be ranked higher to put him 
below a guy like CJ McCollum, who is an atrocious defender and at best a poor man's DeMar DeRozan. Um, it, it doesn't make that much of a sense to me. I think Kyle Lowry just does more for you on a basketball court. And then guys like Brandon Ingram, we mentioned Zion Williamson earlier. I think Jamal Murray was ahead of him. The only point guard outside of the top 10 players, so the Dames, the Stephs, the LeBron, if you want to count him a point guard, the only point guard that I would probably put ahead or right beside Kyle Lowry is Chris Paul. And I believe Chris right. Paul was was ranked, I, I, don't quote me on this, I think it was somewhere in the 15s or 16s or 17s. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably where Lowry should rank right now as well. You saw their statistics last season. Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry were pretty much neck and neck in terms of what they did. And in terms of team impact, Chris Paul led the Oklahoma City Thunder, who were not that great of a team without him, um, to a fourth seed. And then Kyle Lowry led the Toronto Raptors to the second seed or the third seed, excuse me, in the Western Conference. So, sorry, second seed. What am I saying? But yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it, I just think they should be more neck and neck, not the Trey Young, not the uh, Jamal Murray's, not not those guys. Those guys still have a little bit to go. I, I forgot who brought it up on social media yesterday, but someone made a really good point about Kyle Lowry. You know, looking at that postseason series against the Boston Celtics, and unfortunately, we all know how poorly Pascal Siakam played in the bubble. So who gets the Raptors to that game seven within, you know, the brink of a conference finals appearance and potentially a finals appearance? It's Kyle Lowry. He was the big factor in keeping Toronto alive. And, you know, of course, we're looking for any reason to say Kyle Lowry is disrespected. He's undervalued. He should be much higher. But you bring up the point him and Chris Paul are kind of neck and neck at this point in their careers Two future Hall of Famers. Perhaps they should have been closer on this list. Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point as well with the Celtics series is that, you know, if if Pascal was even 75% of what he was in the NBA season or, you know, near 85% what he was in that NBA season, you could expect the Raptors to win that series. And, and the reason, you know, reason they were even in that series, reason they were even remotely close, reason they pushed it to game seven, it was all Kyle Lowry. Even the OG shot. He wouldn't have been able to get that shot off if it wasn't for an extraordinary pass from Kyle Lowry. I mean, it, it all really relies on this guy to be the motor of the team. Um, and it doesn't really make sense for him to be ranked the 30th best player in, in the NBA right now. I do think he's probably a little bit higher than that. And look, I, I, I think it's just something we have to ex accept now, Chris. I also tweeted this the other day. I'm like, we just have to accept being underrated and underranked and that, that just i mean look like we the north was created because of that so raptors fans just we have to just swallow the pill unfortunately it comes with the territory at this point of being a toronto raptors fan it's just kind of like we're waiting in the wings here we're waiting for more attention coming from america media outlets and uh, we have started to get that ever since the championship but there's still a lot of work to be done especially if the raptors fall back to being a middle of the pack team which they potentially could be in a few years but that remains to be seen of course s i want to ask you quickly about og ananobi as well his, his mm -hmm. 68th ranking and uh, of course again behind tyler hero i think many perhaps unfairly anticipate some sort of a, a Pascal Siakam-esque leap this season. What are your expectations for OG and what kind of improvement do you hope to see from him? Okay, well, overreaction from the first game of the Charlotte Hornets, OG Ananobi is going to win both Defensive Player of the Year, most Leader <laughs> Player of the Year, and be all first team NBA, you know, all, all defense. Um, <laughs> it, it, underreaction, I think... Uh, you know, 68 is is a fairly 
disrespectful number for OG Ananobi. I, I think he, even last season, proved that he is probably one of the best defenders in the NBA. He's mm-hmm. an incredible on-ball defender and even better off-ball defender. I think he just has all the things you want out of out of the defender. Offensively is where, like you said, a lot of people are expecting that leap. And I wouldn't say he's going to have a Pascal-type leap, although what you saw in preseason might surprise you. I I do think there is a leap in there. And and you're right. I do think a lot of Raptors fans should should tamper their expectations as to what to expect from OG. And uh, I, I'm kind of to blame for that because I will definitely just egg them on and, and be like, yeah, OG's going to be an all-star this year. But we, we, need, we need to tamper the expectations a little bit. I do think he's going to take a, a bit of a jump offensively. He's going to be more proactive in finding his shots. And you saw that in his first preseason game as well. He just... He seemed like he was looking for his own a little bit more, and that's something you'd like to see from OG. I, I, I just I don't necessarily see it being that Pascal jump, but I, I wow, this is gonna sound cliche. That's gonna this is gonna be an OG jump, not a Pascal jump. But he's he's gonna have his own jump. All right, he's gonna he's gonna have something to his to his own uh, repertoire. So are you driving the OG bandwagon, similar to what we're seeing with the Baines fan club on social media? I, I I cannot be the only OG band. I, I I can't drive the bus. There's way too many talented OG fans out there for me to drive the bus. Shout out to Emma. Shout out to OG Scarf. All of them are <laughs> are incredible OG fans. I would not be able to drive the bus. I'm just happy to be on the bus and and make it on before it left for All Star uh, All Star destination. So I'm I'm okay. I'm all right. Well, just uh, create some space for yours truly. I'm, I'm a tall guy. I'm a big guy. I need my leg room. So if there's any uh, extra seating on the OG bandwagon, I'll be happy to come along for the ride with you guys. But, you know, as we're drawing to a close here, but before we sign off, like I do with all of my guests here on the Walder Sportscast, I have some fun rapid fire questions to send you on your way. Okay, send it. So a large portion of Raptors Twitter had several revelations lately for a couple of abbreviations and hashtags, and a number of people came to learn that K-L-O-E stood for (laughs) Kyle Lowry over everything, and also that the hashtag RTZ stood for the Raptors Tweet Zone. And for those of you who are unaware, back in the day, if you wanted a large number of Raptors fans to see your tweets, you would hashtag the tweet with RTZ. So S, in the grand scheme of things for Raptors fans in the history of the franchise, which abbreviation do you think is more significant, KLOE or RTZ? Oh, I'm going to go. Uh, that's tough. Uh, how are you going to put them together like that for me? Yeah, that's what I do. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Kalo. Kalo. And, it, and by the way, it is pronounced Kalo because Iman was pronouncing it Chloe. And that was very confusing. And I was very confused when she was saying that. But it is Kyle Lowry over everything. I think that's the clear one. He's He's been... It, it's Kyle, guys. It's Kyle. At the end of the day, we have... RTZ is from the dark ages of Raptors Twitter. This is before <laughs> We the North. This is the Andrea Bargnani, Rudy Gay days. Uh, even tra- going back to like let's say uh, Chris Bosh a little bit as well. Although it depends how far into Twitter you were back then. I, no, RTZ is is let's leave RTZ in the past where it belongs. Let's move forward with Kalo and We the North. Thank you very much. Did you ever use RTZ back in the day? Were you a part of that group? 
I, I did use RTZ, but unfortunately none of my tweets were getting engagement. Y'all y'all weren't y'all weren't messing with the tweets at the time. And and that's fair. I was I was a what, 15, 14 year old kid. I was probably tweeting stuff like, <laughs> Kyle Lowry is good, you know, and, and saying, you know, I was I was probably very childish back then and, and understandable. Understandable. The tweets weren't hitting back then. I came back. I worked on it a little bit, and now we're here. Now we're here. So I ask everyone this on the show, S. I need show recommendations because I can never settle on a program. So let okay. me know what shows you've been binging as of late or anything that you would recommend for me. Ooh, well, I mean, I, I got to know what you've watched. But recently, I've been watching The Man in the High Castle, which is an extraordinarily messed up but really good show as well. It, okay. it should, it's, it's pretty much an alternate universe where Germany and Japan won World War II. And uh, essentially, it's like they have to live in this time where it's like Nazi regime and whatnot, and, it's, and they're trying to be the rebellion. It's very cool. It's a very cool show. If you like history and things like that, I would definitely recommend it. Um, I would also say, what's another show that I've been watching recently? I've been watching way too much YouTube, way too much basketball YouTube, because I'm just trying to prepare myself for for the season and whatnot. Um, yeah, I don't know what else I've been watching. I've really, and also I would recommend Man in the High Castle only the first three seasons. The, the last and fourth season is absolutely abysmal. You can skip it. You can literally say season three is the last season. I'm done and I don't have to watch it anymore. Um, have you been watching uh, Queen's Gambit? Has anybody recommended Queen's Gambit to you? When I had Yasmin on the, the podcast recently, she, she said that she was watching it. I even asked her if she was enticed to purchase a chessboard. I've seen the news story saying that those are in high demand over the <laughs> holiday season. I don't know. I, I haven't really had the chance to sit down and give it my time. I've heard mixed reviews, uh, mostly positive, but some people have said that it, it's not worth the investment. Maybe there's uh, some of the character progression drags a little bit, but w would you recommend that show for me? I would, and it's also, you know, it was shot in Cambridge, Ontario. So, I mean, I would support the, the fact that it's kind of technically a Canadian show, if you want to call it. But yeah, Queen's Gambit is, is a pretty damn good show, man. I, I binged that in, in two days, in a matter of two days. It was pretty, pretty impressive on my part, not gonna lie. Have you been watching The Mandalorian at any point? Yes, yes. How could I forget? Of course I've been watching The Mandalorian. Mandalorian is, is an incredible show. I'll, I'll say this. Um, I need to go back personally and watch Clone Wars and Rebels and, and get into the whole animated uh, aspect of Star Wars because I know that this season relies heavily on that. So I need to go back and do my research a little bit, but I love this series. Like Mando, here, I know you're a big uh, comic book guy. I believe you're a big comic book guy, right? Sure, right? yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you had a show like Mandalorian, but for Batman. How awesome would that be? Okay. How? How crazy would it be to have a series like The Mandalorian for a guy like Batman? I'm just putting it out there, DC. I'll take my dividends if you want, okay? So you wouldn't put Gotham and The Mandalorian in the same class, eh? I don't think I would. <laughs> <laughs> Gotham was a great show. Uh, I loved it, but I can understand why people hate that show. It is very outrageous. Well, we just had the Disney Investor Day announcements for Disney Plus with all of the oh, yeah. new programming coming to the streaming service. And I noticed you sent out a lot of tweets about several of the announcements. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which announcement had you the most excited? Because we saw a lot promoted for not just Star Wars, but Marvel, Pixar, and you know, so on and so forth. 
Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Marvel, Marvel, and Disney should have cut me a check for the amount that I was tweeting that time. But um, <laughs> I, I think I think Obi Wan versus Darth Vader. That Obi Wan scenario is gonna be freaking amazing. Uh, the fact that we're gonna have a, con a continuation of pretty much. Uh, the sixth Star Wars movie, if you want to put it in chronological order, or the third prequel movie. Um, so we're going to see Anakin versus versus Obi-Wan again, and I think that's just going to be amazing. It's it's going to be so damn good. I, I have faith that our Canadian man, I forgot his name, who plays Anakin, is going to be very good in this. I hope he's going to be good in this. I, I'm just I'm banking my money that he will be. Marvel-wise, man, I am excited for the Loki series. I think that's going to yes. be an awesome series. Tom Hiddleston is, is already an awesome actor. I think that's going to be great. I, 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 it just makes sense. And by the way, we get Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 <laughs> so it, it's it's perfect. It's perfect. I, I love they, they did some crazy stuff. If I was Netflix, I would be shaking in my boots. I would be so scared right now because... You know, Netflix, Disney is coming with it. They're coming with it. Shout out to Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Uh, I noticed that John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are going to be doing the voices for, for <laughs> Chip and Dale. So I'm excited about that. But a lot of good stuff coming to Disney+. Plus. I think the first year was kind of lukewarm outside of The Mandalorian. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this original content for sure, especially on the Marvel end. I know WandaVision is, is coming soon, so I'm excited about that. But S, which visual hurt you more? Serge Ibaka in a Clippers jersey or Marcus Gasol in a Lakers jersey? Uh, I think the Clippers are a fraudulent organization, so I'm going to go ahead and say Serge Ibaka in a Clippers jersey. It just seems as if he's, he's joined the dark side. I know we were talking about <laughs> Star Wars five seconds ago, so it yeah. seems like... You know, you know that scene where Obi-Wan is looking at Anakin and he's like, You were the chosen one! You know, that that that's that's how it feels with Sergi Baca right now. Um, because man, you were the chosen one. I, I was looking forward to the media days when he was fifty years old and doing uh How Hungry Are You, but instead with like other Raptor players that are now current at Raptor players. It would have been so much fun. It would have been great. Serge, like Adele says. We could have had it all, all right? Rolling in the six, okay? You had my heart inside of your hand, and you and you played it. You played it, Serge. You played it. That's that's all I'll say. I don't mind Mark as much. I think Mark, he, he should be happy in Los Angeles. He gets to be with his brother and pal. But Serge, you had no excuse. Did Kawhi really? Did Kawhi really entice you that much in one year? Really? To 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 leave OG? Despicable. Despicable. Serge blocked me on Twitter, so uh, I'm impartial oh. at this point to his absence. Marcus All, uh, I mean, both of them. They were a part of that championship team. They're going to be Raptors forever. I do wish them both well, but not too well, because we want the Raptors to do even better than both both of the LA teams. But as we we spread the love here on the Walder Sportscast, and I did this during halftime of Toronto Raptors playoff games. But now it's your turn, my friend. Give me one or two Twitter accounts who you think deserve more of a spotlight. Oh, oh wow, you're gonna make me select some of my boys like this. This is rude. Yes, okay. Sir. All right, can can I give you like four guys? Sure. Can I man. give you four guys? All right, I'll, I'll give you four guys. All right, give me a second. Uh let me let me pull up their ads because they're they're very deserving of this. Uh okay. Raptors people, if you guys love Raptors content and these guys are very, very smart and informative, I would suggest following PackTac and Hoop Goose. That is P-A-K-H-A-T-T-A-K -A -A and then Hoop Goose spelt exactly how you would imagine Hoop Goose is spelt. Uh, and then on the other side, I would also suggest you guys follow 
two very, very funny people from Raptors Twitter, Trayvon Heath, if you would. Let's uh, let's see what his ad is. It is Trayvon, T-R-V-E-O-N, underscore H-E-A-T-H. I think I spelled that right. And then, uh, and then the other guy is Preem King. Where, where is, where is Preem King? Where is, where is, where is, oh, there he is. All right, I'm sure everybody already follows this guy, but it's P-R-E-M-E-K-E-E. Funny people, great people on Raptors Twitter. I converse with them all the time, so shout out to them. And shout out to everybody, man. Raptors Twitter is such an incredible community that there's so many more shout outs that I would throw out their way. Um, but but these are the guys that I'm selecting to shout out right now. And apologies on my end as well, because I, I just realized yesterday that I didn't have you on my Universal Toronto Raptors Twitter list. I mean, you should wow. absolutely be there. Wow, wow, Chris, I see how it is. I know, man. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm no kidding. good. I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I don't care. It's fun. It's fun. Sometimes I get put on really, really bad lists, and those are actually even more hilarious, where it's like, I'll get, I'll, I'll randomly get a notification added to stupid basketball fan. I'm like, wow, this is so nice. I love this. This is incredible. So it's, it's, it's fun to get added to these lists, please. Yeah. I was listening to my Spotify recently, yes, and stumbled upon Sirius by the Alan Parsons Project, which of course was the infamous intro song for the Chicago Bulls during Michael Jordan's run. Is there another NBA intro song that you may hold near and dear to your heart? And I was thinking about songs like The Final Countdown for the Detroit Pistons or Eminence Front by The Who for the Dallas Mavericks. Are there any other songs that stand out in your mind? Oh, my, mine is going to be ridiculous. Uh, the Beyonce song that the Raptors used to use. Oh, that dear was God. So good. Uh-oh, 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 banana. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It, it, it got you hyped in the arena. You're like, all right, let's go. I'm ready to see Juan Dixon play basketball. Let's go. So, yeah. Was, was that the one where they did the dance during the video as well? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> what, what was the one where they were where they were driving in what looked like downtown Miami, oh. which felt so, you know, polar opposite? Opposite from Toronto, I think Jason Capono and and Anthony Parker, they were like in convertibles with like loose shirts on and stuff. <laughs> I forgot what the song was, but I do remember what you're talking about. It was probably like Flowrider or something. Yeah, I think it might have been that or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I, what, I, it's a shame we won't get to hear the Raptors intro song this season. We do hope they get out of Tampa soon, come back to Toronto, but. As, is Montana's paying you any royalties for that CP24 hit you did during the playoffs <laughs> several months ago? Because I remember watching it recently and just seeing Montana's in bright neon lights behind you the entire time. They should be paying you for that hit. Honestly, I haven't received a check yet in the mail. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting to be talking to Montana's sponsors very, very soon. They'll be, the, you know, my, my legal team will reach out to Montana's uh, and, and try to get some kind of deal sorted. Uh, I'll say this, it's funny you say that because the entire parking lot that I was in was so dark that I had no choice but to use the Montana's light as kind of like a backlight for myself. Yeah. And it just, it worked out that way, man. It, it was funny. It was funny to see. It's like, yeah, come down to Montana's bar and grill. You know? Yeah. It was, it was funny. Quite the pitch, quite the pitch. Uh, but but lastly, S, I know you have your family dog, Frederico Suave III, who, who yes. you call Freddy, of course, and we've, we've heard him during this podcast as well in the background. He <laughs> wants his mic time. I totally get it. Yeah. I, I assume that's after Van Vliet, or is that just a coincidence? It's it's after a bunch of Freddies that are near and dear to my heart. Um, I have I have four Freddies that are that are just like 
pivotal parts of my life. Uh, Freddie Gibbs is, is one of those guys, one of my favorite rappers. Uh, Queen, Freddie Mercury, one of my favorite artists. Uh, for some reason, I like to listen to Queen in the winter. Don't ask me why. And the other Freddie is Freddie Krueger. I was absolutely traumatized by uh, Nightmare on Elm Street when I was a kid. And uh, to get over that fear, I named my, my stupid little dog Freddie. So. <laughs> Well, he's not a little dog anymore. I've seen no. some photos of him recently, and he's getting quite big, of course. But yeah. what would you say is the hardest thing about raising a puppy? Because I raised a kitten. My fiance and I adopted one from the Humane Society, and he's full of energy. But I feel like a dog is that multiplied by 10. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the energy. It's And it's also like, you know, once it gets pent up, you, it could lead to destruction in the house. He loves putting... Uh, tissue paper in his mouth and just destroying tissue paper. It's like, what kind of taste buds do you have that tissue paper is delicious for you? It makes no sense to me. But uh, <laughs> I, I think I think the energy is is a big part of it. And also, like for any people that are considering buying a dog right now, that maybe in pandemic times or whatnot, you just have to be really patient with them. Just be patient with them. Don't force a bunch of training sessions on them. I trained my dog completely myself. Uh, you know, obviously we had some trainers here and there who helped, but like. Most of it was just me going on YouTube and figuring out how to train this guy. And I just, to say you need a lot of patience with a dog, you need to be able to work out your day, work out your schedule with him. And if you are like me, and if you are naive to the fact that a dog takes a lot of time to work on and a lot of time in your day, let me just tell you, you were wrong. All right, <laughs> anything, you, any amount, whatever hour you expect it takes, to take care of a dog throughout the day, double it, double it. If you, if you think it's only gonna be a couple hours a day, nope, it's going to be four, all right? If you think it's gonna be four hours a day, you are incorrect, sir, it is eight hours a day, all right? So just, just be prepared for this dog to take over your life like a baby would. I think I'm ready to have a child, Chris. I'm ready to have a child, whether it's myself or someone that I fall in love with, I am ready to have a child. Well, a big step going from a, a dog to a, a newborn baby. Well, they're the exact same. They're the exact same. They're almost they're almost identical. And and anybody who says otherwise, I disagree. I've never had a kid, but I disagree. Well, they probably poop uh, just as much. Yes. You know, cleaning up after a baby and cleaning up after a dog. Uh, pretty similar, I would say. <laughs> probably, yeah, it's probably in the same range. Well, I would say that, you know, one day we'll have you and Federico on as a collaborative podcast one day down the road. But you know what? We may have had that today on this episode. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll see how my editing is uh, after this interview. But you know what, S? I thank you once again for coming on the show today. You're seriously one of my favorite Toronto Raptors Twitter followers and a, a potential rookie of the year when it comes to Raptors Twitter as a whole. Wow. If there were ever any awards, I think you would certainly be in the running, my friend. You've been establishing yourself online as of late and you're doing such a good job at it and I, I congratulate you again on your new gig at the score i wish you all the best but before we sign off just remind the listeners where they can find you on the web uh well well first of all shout out to you chris thank you very much this is an awesome podcast i'm an avid listener uh from listening to your chuck swirsky one to to the one that you did with cash and yasmin I've, I've listened to pretty much all the episodes man so i'm a big fan big fan of the podcast and uh, and you should definitely subscribe to this podcast i know you're going to do your plug after but I'll do it for you right now as well. Subscribe to this damn podcast. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you can you can follow me at Twitter at Just S Barahini. Um, I'm sure if you search up Just S, you, you'll be able to find me, hopefully. 
Um, and yeah, yeah, I got a bunch of cool stuff coming at the score. Maybe you'll see me on the YouTube channel at some point in time this month, maybe on the Instagram at some point in time this month and, uh, be on the lookout for it. S thank you so much for the plug and the kind words. I really appreciate it. And, and all the best at the score. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. And that was my interview with Esfandiar Barahini, who you can follow on Twitter at just E-S Barahini. That's spelled B-A-R-A-H-E-N-I. It's been a lot of fun watching him put the work in and really establish himself on the platform. And it's starting to pay off in a big way with this new position at The Score, a company that's starting to put more of an emphasis on video content and YouTube. And if anyone can kind of carry that, it's a guy like S. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can churn out, and I hope you do as well. This has been episode 25 of the Walder Sportscast. Please leave a rating and review if you enjoyed what you heard. Download the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Podbean, or literally anywhere at this point. I don't think there's a major platform out there where we aren't, so check out our vast catalog of episodes and help support the program because everything does go a long way. That's another one in the books. So as always, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Walder Sportscast. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and follow Chris on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports.